Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Dove. And the dove in the scripture represents purity. It represents gentleness. It represents grace. And the Holy Spirit truly is that person. But I want to show you something. Let's go real briefly here. I want to go to the book of, let's go to Song of Solomon. And I want to show you something here. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 14. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. The scripture says, My dove is hiding behind the rocks, behind an outcrop on the cliff. Let me see your face, let me hear your voice, for your voice is pleasant and your face is lovely. Now, in the Song of Solomon, there's a prophetic representation between the church and Christ. The young man represents Christ, and the young woman represents the bride or the church or you and I. And it is a prophetic description of two lovers who uh, adore one another. And the scripture here, you see that the dove is hiding. Now, in this particular verse, the, it's, it's, the, it's the man talking to the woman. So this is not necessarily a direct representation of the Holy Spirit. But it reveals something about the nature of the Spirit. It reveals something about the nature of doves in that they hide. In fact, this is actually confirmed in Jeremiah chapter 48, verse number 28. Where the scripture says, You people of Moab, flee from your towns and live in the caves. Hide like doves that nest in the clefts of the rocks. So doves have a hiding nature. The Holy Spirit has a hiding nature. Now let me clarify this point because I'm not saying by any means that God enjoys just distancing himself for the sake of torturing us psychologically. Nor does the Lord hide himself just for no reason. The Holy Spirit has a hiding nature, but he never leaves you. When you sense a distance between you and the Lord, I want you to know that God is not leaving you. He's leading you to deeper places. The Holy Spirit will seemingly hide from us. He withdraws not His presence from our lives, but He withdraws the sense of His presence. He withdraws the sense of His nearness. How many times do we get ourselves into places where we feel stable or we put our trust in things and systems and different things that we've developed in our own lives instead of putting faith and trust in Him. And here's the thing about God is He loves you too much to leave you in your complacency. He will shake you from your complacency if ever you become too reliant upon other things besides His presence. Now, when I first began to seek the Lord, I remember there was a season of pushing and pressing. In fact, one instance, it all culminated. And if if we could, please keep the movement to a minimum. Ushers, help me out there. Uh, keep the movement to a minimum. And the reason I do that is because we have to honor the presence of the Holy Spirit. You have to honor the presence. Nothing, very few things kill the anointing like distraction. And it's very possible that while God is speaking to someone, you, you, you do something, you pull their attention away, and now they didn't hear what the Lord was saying. I promise you I'm not being mean, and if I had a little more time, I probably would go uh, softer on that, but, but I want to just get this to you because I know that, that tonight we're preparing our hearts for something. But I I need to deliver this message because the Holy Spirit is giving this to me to speak to you. So again, um, I see a lot of people getting up still. So please don't do that. We have to have reverence for the Holy Spirit. 
And th this is something we have to begin to adapt in our hearts and in our lives. I remember in, my, in church, if I ever got up or turned around, my mother would pinch me if I so much as turned around. There has to be honor for the presence of the Holy Spirit. So I remember when I first began to seek the Lord, there was this, this, this tension. There was this, this pressing that I had to go through. And I remember initially it would take me anywhere from three to four hours just to get into the presence or just to sense his presence. Let me put it to you this way. When we worship God, we don't worship him so that he becomes nearer. We worship him so that we become more aware of that which is already there. The presence of the Holy Spirit abides with me 24-7. He does not leave me. I have him in my heart. I have him with me. He, he's indwelling. And Jesus said, I'll send you the Holy Spirit and he'll never leave you. He'll be with you always. So why does it seem like then in some seasons? Why does it seem like he's a million miles away? Why in some seasons do I feel as if he's distanced from me? Why in some seasons do I speak and, and, and sense as though the heavens are shut? What happens in those seasons when you have to go purely on faith and there's not even the touch or the sense of his presence? I've often wondered about that. Church, it's because the Holy Spirit has a hiding nature. Number one, when he hides, he's hiding, number one, to test you. Second Chronicles chapter 32, verse 31 says, However, when ambassadors arrived from Babylon to ask about the remarkable events that had taken place in the land, listen to this. This is what the scripture says. God withdrew from Hezekiah in order to test him and to see what was really in his heart. Did you hear what the Bible said? That God withdrew his presence from Hezekiah, that he, he would test him and see what was truly in his heart. When we sense that God is distant from us, our, the, the actual stability of our faith becomes manifested. When God begins to seemingly distance himself from us, that's when faith becomes tested. That's when God begins to test whether or not what you have been doing was based on him or not. Because here's the reality. Some of us operate in the flesh and we operate in the flesh so well that when God removes his spirit from what we're doing, we don't even recognize that the Holy Spirit left. Only when you're dependent on God do you sense that pulling away of his presence. So number one, he will, he will hide to test you. Number two, in Hosea chapter 10, verse 12, the scripture says this, Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. In other words, that righteousness comes sometimes only through the waiting. Do you realize that for every moment you are praying, something is actually happening whether you feel it or not? whether you're aware of it or not. It's impossible to accomplish nothing in prayer. It's impossible to do nothing in prayer. For every moment you are praying, whether you feel it or not, for every moment you are praying, whether you sense it or not, for every moment you are praying, whether you can see it manifesting or not, something is changing around you and something is changing in you. When I seek the face of Jesus, when I begin to look for him, 
all that is happening in me is transformation. I'm beginning to become conformed to the glorious image of the the Son, Christ Jesus. Everything about me is changing. My nature is changing. The way I talk is changing. My character is changing. My mind is changing. My heart is changing. It's not that prayer makes God willing. Prayer makes us capable of receiving. Who among us is strong enough? to move God's divine hand by our own will if he doesn't want to move it. If prayer is about convincing God, then prayer is manipulation. But prayer is not manipulation. Prayer doesn't change God. Prayer changes me. Prayer doesn't cause God to move just because I made him. Prayer causes me to move with God and then I start experiencing his blessing, his authority, his power. So as you're seeking Him, church, the flesh is dying. As you're seeking Him, those parts of you that ought not to be are being crucified. This is why the flesh can do almost anything but pray. Oh, we sing songs. The flesh can sing. The flesh can even do ministry. Flesh can do feeding projects. The flesh can do all sorts of expressions of the word. The flesh could even preach. But the moment you begin to seek the Lord in prayer, the flesh starts to squirm. Why? Why is it so hard to set yourself to seek Him? Why is it so hard to remain in the presence of God? It's because the flesh fights it. I'm astonished astonished by believers who profess to be filled with the Holy Spirit who cannot be still in His presence. I'm talking about in your everyday prayer life. I'm talking about that, 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 that depth of prayer, not, not just the throwing up of a prayer to God and saying, Lord, thank you for today. Lord, help me today. I'm talking about a true divine connection with the Lord. I'm talking about making daily contact with the glory of God. I'm talking about deep prayer that begins to move those stubborn things in your flesh. Deep prayer that begins to break apart the mindsets that so easily entrap us. This is what happens when we pray. The reason we don't sense His presence is not because God isn't near. It's because we're in the flesh. How is the flesh supposed to sense the Spirit of God? It can't. The physical body can, but I'm talking about the nature, the carnal nature. When I am in the flesh, I have no sense of His presence. It's possible to be standing in a service like this during worship. Worship is being played in the presence of the Holy Spirit is moving and just squirming and saying, how much longer till I get out of here? You're in the flesh. Turn to your neighbor. I'm just kidding. Don't do it. It's the flesh. The flesh squirms. It fights. I I, I can't stand to be in the presence of God because it's being killed in the presence of God. It's being destroyed. That sense, that squirming, that, that, uh, that, that not being able to take it anymore, that is the flesh dying in the presence of the Holy Ghost. God just killed the flesh, Less of me, more of you. 
that's number two. He's, he's purifying you as, as, as he distances himself. So, so that, 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 that sense, that longing, that, that longing for his presence, it's actually a time of crucifying the flesh in the seeking. It is in the seeking that you are crucifying the flesh. So number one, he's testing you. Number two, he's purifying you. The final point, number three, he's drawing you closer. Again, I say, when the Holy Spirit hides, he's not leaving you. He is leading you to deeper places. Acts chapter 17, verse 27 says, His purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13 says, If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Interesting to me that God wants to be sought. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. How many times have I heard someone said, I tried that, I sought the Lord, and nothing came of it. Well, the Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. If I truly sought him with my whole heart, I'd find him. That's the promise. The reason I haven't made contact, the reason I haven't found him, the reason I haven't come into that life-changing experience is not because God is not going to appear. It's not because God is avoiding me. It's because I haven't sought him with my whole heart. Because if I did, then I would find him. Here's the problem. We want God on our terms. We want God according to our convenience. We want God based on our timing. We want God based in our terms. We want God to do what we want Him to do, when we want Him to do it, how He wants, how we want Him to do it. That's a problem. Everything we have in our world is customizable and convenient and quick. No wonder we don't have the presence of God in many lives. It's because people don't know how to be still. Our food is fast. Our cars are fast. Our days are fast. And yet, how can you encounter God who is encountered through stillness and waiting? Okay, God, I'm here. Do your thing. Let's go. I got to be out of here. You're trying to rush royalty? You're in the presence of a king. Not, okay, God, let's go. No, no. God, I'm here. And I wait on you. True depths of the Spirit are found through stillness. True depths. He wants to draw you closer. So when you sense as though God is at a distance, He's challenging you to go to higher places. It's not that you messed up. It's not that you sinned. It's not that, it, it's that God is challenging you now. Come to a deeper place. Why would you thirst if you had already drank? Only the people, the only people who drink are the ones who are thirsty. The only ones who eat are the ones who are hungry. God will let you sense a distance from him to create hunger, to create a thirst. It's what you do in that season then that determines whether or not you go to a deep place. And I'm talking about levels of the Spirit where you begin to disappear and the people begin to see Jesus. I'm talking about levels of the Spirit where my presence and His presence become indistinguishable from one another. That's a depth you can know. It's going to take seeking 
When he hides, he expects us to seek him. He, when, he, when he draws us, he's expecting us to follow. We want him on our convenience. We want him to do it as we wish. Wait a minute. I'm the servant. He's the master. Lord, if I should have to seek your presence for a thousand years, it will be worth it. There's nothing like the presence of God. Some of you this morning, you feel distant from the Lord. You feel like it's been a long time since he's, he's really touched you or moved. This morning, many of you are going to encounter God in a way you've never encountered him before. I say that with boldness because the Holy Spirit told me so. You need to come before him with a heart that is set on seeking hiding nature of God is, I could simplify it. Yes, he tests you. Yes, he purifies you. Yes, he draws you closer. The hiding nature, very simply, is to get you to move. To be like Moses, I, I'm not going to stay here if your presence doesn't stay. I'm not going to go there if your presence doesn't go. That's what God wants to do. How many of you in your heart say, I want to seek you? If you raised your hand, come stand at this altar, please. church.
power's flowing right now. Once more, lift your hands and tell them. Touch your Lord in the name of Jesus. to me right now. It's all about the Lord. Touch him in the name of Jesus. What did you feel go through you right now? Like, what did it, like it jolted you? You like, you look like, sh you shook under that right now. Lift your hands. God wants to use your 
surrender all, all, everything. I really feel in my spirit, the Lord even has to sever some relationships. You guys to sever some relationships. Why you guys, you guys, all, everyone apparently knows, I don't know. But God is, I see the world has tried to pull you and God has rescued you today. God has rescued you today. I see, I see the call of God in life. One day, you're going to preach the gospel. You know what I'm saying? Now, this power that you're feeling, come step forward. This power that you're feeling is, is for a purpose. The purpose of the power is for the work of the ministry. Not just so we feel it. Close your eyes. Lift your hands. Say, Lord, flood my being. glory of God on him. That's the glory of God on him. After you. Now just release a sound of praise in this house this morning. Come on. Come on, church. Come on. Come on, church. He's enthroned upon the praises of his people. of it all, church. It's worthy of it all. No matter the cost, I'll pay it. No matter the cost, I'll pay it. Nothing like His presence. How many can sense the presence of the Holy Spirit here this morning? Just a beautiful sense of His presence. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. 
are, you are really loving it, aren't you? I love it. Now I look at, I don't know, who's this guy on the floor? What's your name? Seth. Are you all his family? Seth, God touched you this morning. I look at, you're, you're his dad, or grandpa. You look very young. You look like his brother. This family's got good genes, man. I see you guys looking at him. Seth, they love you, and, and it's their prayers that brought this moment about. I go walk with the Lord. I know, I see the call of God. I'm sure you love the Lord, but I just sense him calling you to a deeper place. A deeper place. Amen. Do me a favor. Um, very reverently, go back to your seats very reverently. And we, again, we still need to keep the movement to a minimum. Guys, I promise you, I'm not being mean. It's just a certain flow I have to be in. I remember one time I was operating in the prophetic. Someone crossed by my path down the front aisle, and the prophetic lifted. And it's just, it's just the way it works with me. And so I, I promise you, I'm not trying to be mean or bossy just, for, just because it's just there really is a flow to it. Do you all understand me? I hope, I hope you do. You know, Steve and I were in Northern California, and there was this man, his last name is Swanson. Mr. Swanson is what we call him. Northern California, we see this old man and his daughter sitting on the front row. One of my staff members told me, he came, and keep in mind this, we're in California, Northern California. One of my staff members tells me uh, that night, they said, hey, afterwards you're going to meet a man we want to introduce you to he flew all the way from Denver Colorado just to be here in the service this morning now we always have people coming in we have people flying in from out of states they drive some people drive 15 20 hours to be in a single service um, we've had people fly in from the different countries but this one was different you see Mr. Swanson they explained to me uh, was terminal well he was believing God for his healing a miracle he was still you know, of the impression that he might not make it. And so he said, I'm terminal. And his daughter asked him, what, what do you want to do? And now, that, now that you're terminal, we just go and do just a few more things. He said, there's one thing I want to do is I want to go to a David Hernandez miracle service and I want to meet David Hernandez and Stephen Makazuma. And so, you know, I was very moved by that, but we also wanted to believe for his healing. So I go meet this man. He begins to explain to me. He said, you know, last year I was in a, or a couple of years ago. I forgot the timing of it. Forgive me if I'm inaccurate on that. But he had just experienced one of the, the worst things anyone could ever experience. Um, a few years earlier, his, his son had died. You know, I'm a new parent. And, you know, I didn't fully, I mean, I understood the concept of why that would hurt so much, but I didn't understand, really, I think I understand it at a greater depth now, obviously, because I have my own daughter. And then those who've experienced it still, they understand it in greater depth than anybody could. But this man had experienced such pain. And he explained to me he was, he wanted nothing to do with God, very stubborn. His daughter explained this guy never would step foot in church, wanted nothing to do with the Lord. And he um, comes to our service and he explains, I was suicidal. I was getting ready to kill myself. 
when I was flipping through the channels. He said, then all of a sudden I came across one of your messages and the Holy Spirit got a hold of me. Church, that man got saved. He gave his heart to the Lord. That's the greatest miracle anyone could ever experience. That man gets saved. He said, not only did, did he get saved, he said he felt that weight, that depression just lift off him and he walks with the joy and a peace that he's never had before. And he explained, he said, you know, I don't think many people know, realize the impact of, of this, of what's, what's happening. But church, our ministry is reaching on average every month millions, literally millions of people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's just one story. We, I received letter, I've received a letter from a prison in the Philippines of a young person who was saved watching our program. I received reports of salvation and of children and grandchildren. Who knows? We're on YouTube. Maybe your grandchild will stumble upon our content. Maybe your child will see what we have and will hear the gospel message. So this morning, I know this is different. This is the way our ministry does it. And I want to thank your Pastor John for, for allowing us to do it this way. This can be a little different than you're used to, but let me kind of explain why we do it this way. What I do is I go from church to church, and when I minister, instead of putting the burden on the local church of here's the amount you have to give, I just go by faith, and we take up a, love, a free will love offering. Now, the reason we do it like this is because some churches can't afford a set amount or honorariums, and we don't ever want to say no to anybody. And other churches, you know, it's just not biblical to say here's an amount. So we don't do that. Instead, we go from church to church, and by faith, we just say, hey, we're going to trust that God's going to speak to his people, and they're going to give freely. I want you to know I'm not coming to you today with high pressure or gimmicks, the whole, you know, the prosperity gospel. I don't preach that. Um, but we do take offerings, not so that I can live lavishly or Steve can drive a, um, uh, you know, fly in a private jet. He doesn't. Um, we do it because we want to fund the gospel. And so your giving today is going to go straight into the gospel. It's not going to go to me personally. It's not going to go to Stephen. Uh, the ministry gives us a set salary. It doesn't change. And we just trust the free will of the people. And we trust the Lord in this way. Some churches, um, this is different. Some churches, this is culture. But I know here it's a little different. So I wanted to explain that to you. So you're not, so you're not put off by it or think, well, what's going on here? So the offering we're going to take goes directly into the ministry, which, by the way, is, is a large-scale ministry. It's not, it's not a fly-by-night operation. We have a full-time staff. We have two locations. We have our own television studio. It's a big operation, very big. So I want you to do this. Bow your head, close your eyes. I want you to say, Holy Spirit, what would you like me to give? Now let him speak a number to you. Some of you, he's going to speak a number and you're going to go, uh, say that again, Holy Spirit. But he's speaking it to you for a reason. Hear him. Hear his voice. I'm not even going to suggest an amount because I don't want, I don't want to, to muffle what you're hearing. It's the voice of the Holy Spirit. What is he speaking? He may be asking you to give something that takes a little bit of faith. Where are saying, well, I don't know. It's a little challenging. But hey, that's, that's how this works. We move in a little bit of faith. And God responds by providing. So everybody look up at me. Has the Holy Spirit spoken to you? Good. Then go ahead. I want to uh, pass an envelope to each person. You know how to do it, guys. And from, from, just take, a, take an envelope and pass it down. Take an envelope, pass it down. If you need pens, the ushers also have pens. 
Um, up here, you can see our giving options. We have a text to give. That'll go uh, directly to the ministry. It's the easiest, fastest. If you do text to give, you do not have to fill out an envelope. Uh, there's cash and card. If you're making out a check, you're going to make checks payable to David Hernandez Ministries, not to David Hernandez. This doesn't go to me. You're going to make checks payable to David Hernandez Ministries. Um, and so your giving is going to go directly into the organization itself. Uh, we do television production. We do mass events. In fact, our events have been growing rapidly around the world. We've been seeing lives touched. Think about Mr. Swanson. Imagine that impact again and again and again, over and over and over. We receive thousands and thousands of lives. We hear of thousands of lives that are being impacted through media every single day. It's really the way of the future, guys. So, again, you're going to go and you're going to give something. Everybody, just obey the Spirit and all the needs will be met and so will yours. We don't give to get, but that doesn't mean God won't bless us. Yes, God will take care of your needs. God will, God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. If we focus on the kingdom, God will focus on our needs. If we'll focus on God, the gospel, God will focus on our needs. If you will focus on God's house, he will focus on your house. And so, again, uh, just make checks payable to David Hernandez Ministries. If you're giving by debit, you're going to want to fill out all the information, name, address, city, state, just so that we can process the debit. If, if if there's no address there, it's not possible to process your debit card. Um, so again, as I said in the first service, I know we're filled with the Holy Ghost, but please don't write in tongues. Uh, we, we, we need to be able to read this. And I want to thank you as you're making out your gift. I want to thank you for standing with us. Think of me as a missionary to America. I, I'm your evangelist. You're sending out to, to America. So some, Again, I know this is a little different for some, but, but it, it's all for the same cause. It's the same Jesus. Uh, and this is the way we've had to do it for years. Otherwise, things just aren't sustainable for us. Um, if we don't do free will offerings, there's just no way. I mean, our, our operating costs, it, it's quite a bit. I think, I think my, my accountant told me it's about a million dollars a year just for basic running costs for what we do. And yeah, you talk about faith. My goodness, I have to have faith for that. And it's growing. I said, Lord, with the, you know, every season, there's, there's great responsibility that comes with that. But you know what I'm saying? The Lord showed me stadiums being filled in America. That's what the Lord showed me. We're going we're gonna to be preaching the gospel in stadiums, and thousands are going to be getting saved. How many, does anybody need another minute to fill out the envelope, or is everybody good? Everybody good? Okay. Let's go ahead and pass those buckets, and I want to thank you for your giving. As those pass, I'm just going to say a prayer, and that the Lord, you, you can keep your eyes open. I'm going to pray for you. That the Lord would bless you for your giving, that the Lord would use this to, to be multiplied and to touch lives all around the world. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, that you would touch each seed, that you would multiply it, Lord. Use it for your glory, for your kingdom. In the name of Jesus, touch souls, Lord. Touch souls, Lord. Raise, raise this gospel, Lord, and touch more people like you did, Mr. Swanson. Touch more lives. Touch their grandchildren and their, their children through this ministry, Lord. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, well, as that bucket goes, I'm going to go ahead and turn it now over to Pastor John. Pastor John, thank you, sir. Praise God. How many enjoyed the presence of the Holy Spirit? Amen. Let's give uh, Pastor David a great big hand as he sits down. Amen. Amen. And our brother up here on guitar, we appreciate you too. 
Amen. Now remember, tonight, 6 o'clock, we're going to have a good time in Jesus. Amen. We want you to come out, 6 o'clock, be out. We're going to have just a, a wonderful time of revival. We believe God is going to touch people. You know what? Uh, we're, we're, bring somebody that doesn't know Jesus. Bring somebody. Bring a family member, a neighbor. Bring somebody that needs a touch from the Lord, a healing, a deliverance, whatever it may be. Just come on out, be a part, or just a fresh touch. Maybe just somebody just says, you know what, I just need to reconnect with Holy Spirit. You know what, come on out. We're going to have a good time in the Lord, and we're going to dismiss you this morning, so why don't we stand to our feet all across this place. We're going to let you get out of here. God bless you. There are some books for sale in the foyer. If you want to pick up one of those, you're welcome to do so. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.